Hello and welcome to Floating Swimming Stories with me, Joe Minahan. My guest this week is Tim Clare, the author of The Honours and The Ice House and the fantastic non-fiction book We Can't All Be Astronauts. Tim is one of my oldest friends, we went to university together, but he's also a very, very keen wild swimmer and has a fascinating insight into how wild swimming and being outdoors can have a positive effect on your mental health. I really hope you enjoy our conversation. We recorded it after a fabulous swim at Stukey on the North Norfolk coast in early August 2019. Enjoy. We've just been for a, a lovely swim at Stukey on a sandbar. I'm with Tim Clare, my old pal, author. Hey, uh, wild swimmer, fan of Stookie. A big fan of Stookie. Big Love fan it. of Stookie. I said to Tim, where do you want to go swimming? He said, either the mill at John's Water on the River Bure, also known to us as the Josh Parsley is Thin Swim, known thanks to the graffiti that's on the wall of the barn there. It's not on there anymore. Is it I gone? Went, uh, yeah, I went uh, recently. It's been, it's been, uh, it's been it's cleaned been up. Yeah, it has Sad been. Sad times. has been cleaned up. It is. It is. It's still an amazing swim, though. It is still a transcendently good swim. Still freezing cold, even in hot weather. It just feels great. It is I, a I good river it. swim. It is. Yeah. It's not the swim we did today. Just to explain, it's a swim where you basically it's like the water comes under from mill race, doesn't it, in the River Bure, and it's just this really wide pool. It's all churned up, and you can walk in on a lovely beach. And then you can just basically do a big circuit, just push down the river and then just walk wade back. Yeah, you can, you can swim and climb into the mill race and then dive off it if you want. Oh, it's, it's so a great. dream. I've done it twice, once in winter, once in summer. But we've done that so one good. before. So and we you have. said when you said you hadn't done Stooky, I was like, well, we're definitely 100% going to Stooky. And it was 100% the right choice, even though we did get a little bit freaked by three seals. Yeah, it was... Yeah, that was not what I was... I, last time I was here, there weren't any. and, and the, Well, there were, but they were all basking in the sun. This time... So, like, I don't... I, a seal has never been aggressive towards me. I've never had any reason to uh, fear seals, but I was keeping... There was one that, as we started wading into the water, was keeping its eye on us and, like, watching, and it kept ducking under and then popping back up. And I... I like I just got a bit sort of vigilant back, but then while it was doing that, it turned out that one was just that was a plant, that was a dummy that was supposed to be drawing our attention. And there, and there was another one that had been slowly swimming closer and closer. And as you were swimming about, it suddenly popped up ten foot away from me, and I went ah! It was like I don't know if you ever played um, the arcade game Shinobi in the nineteen eighties. <laughs> But there's like a sub game where like ninjas are slowly like jumping closer and closer to you and you've got to like yeah, take them all out before it pops up right in front of you. And it felt like that bit where the ninja pops up in front of you and you failed. Except on a very, very beautiful sun-drenched beach in North Norfolk. Yeah. Not yep. in an arcade game. I have to say this place is absolutely spectacular. I mean, I, I know this bit of coast fairly well from when we went to university up here and we swam at Holcomb and Burnham Overy State together when... I was researching floating, um, but this is something else. So if you've never been to Stookie, you basically come out, you emerge through some broadleaf woodland onto uh, mudflats and marshes, and then you work your way over a few bridges, and then you 
pretty much have to, if you want to get to the sea, you have to wade through some channels and like you need to be either barefoot or wearing the right footwear to get out there. And it takes a while. It's like a good hour's walk to get to the water. But that secret beach stroke sandbar is something else because the only other humans that are close by are the pilots flying above you in their Harrier jump jets. So they're probably not even Harrier jump jets anymore. I don't even think they're a thing. But the only other things that were around us were seals and what I'm pretty certain were Arctic terns. I think I saw a marsh harrier. There were oyster catchers, lots of seagulls. It was absolutely spectacular. And the water was so warm and so salty. Yeah, it was like, it, make you, it makes you work for it, right? And it, yeah. it, 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 I, I don't want to, um, I don't know, like as a, all wild swims like, involve like a little bit of, Faff, a little bit of prep, uh, a little bit of prep. There's almost none that don't, and, and and you sort of learn after a while to try and enjoy that. Because if you didn't, you'd just go, "This this is a ball lake. Why am I? Yeah, why am I a doing public this? swimming yeah. bath or whatever?" So you go and you go and do it, and it takes a little walk. And I did, I sort of prepped you a little bit with this idea it was going to take a while to get there, but it's actually. It does take a long time and you go through salt marshes and then there was bits of sort of like shell middens and like, yeah. and, and then... A lot of samphire. Yeah, so I've collected in, I collect sam, collected samphire in my shoes impromptu on the way back. I tried to take like just a little bit from lots of different areas because I didn't want... Because actually the samphire is quite important to the structural integrity of the... Uh, of the uh, what's it called of, of the salt marshes right like uh and the salt marshes there's been problems with the salt marshes collapsing yeah and for a while they thought it was to do with like pollution but they think and it probably is to do with pollution but it's more to do with um like raised levels of pollution in the water feed the little ragworms okay they go and then eat up the uh the eat up the mud and then crabs come to feed off the ragworms and then the whole side collapses because you've got i could see like the little holes where crabs live in the side but any like it's just an amazing ecosystem i just think like the walk is part of the joy of it and because it's a hassle to get to no one else is there when you get there yeah that's the joy i mean that's the thing so i i don't know when you got into wild swimming i know that when i started refer- researching floating or waterlogged reef swim as it was called then you and I went for one on the River Waveney near Bungie in search of what was called the Sandy or Bungie Beach, which I've since been to. And we didn't find we it. We didn't find it, did but we? But I have found it since, but I know that you told me that that was your first river swim. Is yeah, that right? Yeah, and it that? was absolutely nuts, right? Because it was like a beautiful blue sky day. June, and we went through yeah. a field of cows and we found this kind of elbow of the river and went down into... Just amazing blue water. Now, since then, like, you know, I'm a bit more circumspect about swimming that close to cows because I'm constantly thinking about, like, Viles disease or <laughs> that you get from, like, cow urine. But at the time, it seemed, like, so it was bananas the idyllic. And I was like, what the hell is this? So you... I don't even know that whether... You and I had ever... Like, I think we've maybe gone swimming in the sea before together. Maybe, but I don't remember ever going swimming in... I didn't even really get that you could swim 
in rivers. Right? So did like, you get into it around when I was yeah. researching floating? Yeah, entirely. Then? Yeah, when when you folks were starting to do it, and I was like, I'd like to try this, and then. Uh, you know, like, I'd, obviously I'd swum in the sea before and stuff, but I'd not done, like, river swims or sort of lake swims or anything like that. And it was it was just another level. And there's a definite, definite, there's a definite different feel to, like, a sea swim mm. and a river swim, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. But, um, and I like them both for different reasons. Well, a river swim feels stolen. I always think that, like, it feels itinerant, it feels wrong to do. It feels like, yeah, you know, going in the sea is what everybody does in the summer, right? You're yeah, you're going swimming in the yeah, sea. That's, swimming that's in, ingrained in the British psyche. Yeah, like swimming in the river is wrong, it's legal, it's not, whatever you want to call it, it's something that you shouldn't do, which is one of the reasons I love doing it, despite the fact that there's that Environment Agency report last week saying that all English rivers should be avoided for swimming because the quality is so bad. Thanks to yeah. Agri Runoff. Oh, well, but... that actually can only add to your feeling that it's wrong and hey, not a good idea to do. I'm still going. Like, still not, still not had river rock. L- loving that, loving that blue algae. Hey, look, <laughs> eight years, eight years of river swimming, and I'm still not touch wood. Got the river, river rock. Um, so, obviously, you're. Oh, I want to say obviously, but like you know, you're someone who talks a lot about. Their anxiety and their struggles. Oh, with, here with we go. You're going to pigeonhole me, Joe. Is that what's going you. on? Is that... I have been pigeonholed. I've, so I'm doing the same with you. So do you feel that when you go for a wild swim that you feel less, anx- less anxious when you get out of the water? Yeah, like today was an odd example because, <laughs> because like a, a seal like appeared <laughs> and I was like, holy shit. But actually that was that was just funny. And when then we got out and we said, so um, yeah, I mean, the short answer is yes, definitely. Uh it's difficult to um, isolate the exact causes, right? Because you go for a lovely walk in nature as well. Yeah. Like, it's also odd that I don't... What I find is it, like, really centres down my worries to, like, is this going to be cold? Am I going to cut my foot on something, right? Yeah, survival like, is how the am I gonna get in? thing, yeah. And there's, there's a kind of, like, sort of monkish simplicity to that, right? Because... Uh-huh. You're, if you are worrying about things, it's about worrying th- about things that might happen in the next 60 seconds. Like, so what I've found is that, but then you go in, you get that shock. Um, sometimes it is more unpleasant than even you anticipated, right? But I, I just feel like I'm on a kind of slingshot by then that I, I, I'm not going to have gone all this way and not go into cold not go into the water because it's too cold. I'm not, yeah. I've never not gone in thinking, actually, I can't face this, right? So you're kind of committed. You turn up, you decide it's a bad idea, but you're there. You go in, you realise it is probably even more, if it's cold, it's more of a bad idea than you thought it was going to be, uh-huh. right? You're like, oh, like I, I, I love the idea of being in cold water in theory on paper. Now I'm doing it, not enjoying it. And then you get to the other side of that and you're like... Oh, actually, this is now okay. Actually, now I'm quite enjoying this. Or like today, the water is just lovely and the most sort of like unhardy, uh, anti-wild swimming, sort of uh, coddled, (laughs) sort of uh, outdoorophobe would have really enjoyed it, right? It was just really nice. I didn't use my towel. I didn't have to. I just got out 
walked around and I dried off. Yeah, there's that enough hot. of a breeze and it's warm enough. And the water was really nice. Yeah. There was no kind of like, oh, I've got to psych myself up to go in. Yeah. It was just all nice. But even on those days when it's been freezing cold, when I've gone and done like South Coast swims where I've been walking to the sea and I've stepped on a puddle and it's had sheet ice across, that has cracked under my foot. Even when I've got in that cold, it's still... It feels so good afterwards. Like the endorphin... Well, I'm assuming I'm not going to like get into neuroscience that I don't fully understand, but the, the endorphin rush, that feeling afterwards of just like getting this high feeling well, It lasts amazing. for longer, doesn't it? Like I find... I think we were talking about this earlier. Like I love swimming in the summer. It's wonderful. It's what I want to do all the time. But I think there's something about those cold months where it's hard around... Like, getting in is a challenge, right? And you don't need to go in for very long. But the burn that you get off of it, like that dopamine high, the endorphin rush, lasts for so much longer. Like, it feels like you come up twice. So, like, you come up after you get out. But then, like, a few hours later, you'll just have another little hit of it. It stays with... I find it stays with me for longer. You sleep... Yeah, you sleep really well. Um, mm. I mean, like, my my ideal sort of swim scenario... If, if I had my druthers, would be some scenario where there was like a warm, a sort of like tepid pool and then somewhere freezing cold to get that initial hit. Like I want to swim <laughs> in sort of nice-ish water, but I want something to give me that bit of pain, that like little bit of yeah, like suffering. I, I think there's, I, 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 I mean... Having said that, I took you today. I knew it wasn't going to be cold. I knew it's like one of the mildest swims. And for me, like part of the pleasure of it is the environment, like the mm. amazing ecosystems, the bird life. And these are all things that I did not give a flying flip about before I started doing wild swimming. And then I slowly, I think probably as I've got older as well, but I was like, oh, I can really appreciate and enjoy this. But there's part of me that really enjoys... Um, those punishment swims <laughs> that I fully like I fully understand that's what that's people's stereotype of wild swimming in their heads a little bit that like it's about it's about being sort of uh sort of a kind of element of self-hatred or showing off yeah there's a bit of both isn't there because I mean that's like one of my things with my anxiety is like I'm not very kind to myself at certain times so like that element of self-hatred can be <laughs> could be channeled into like especially in like december or january where i've literally got like six layers on two hats knowing that i'm going to walk over to the beach by my house and just strip down to my shorts and chuck myself in but like knowing that you know it's good for me but like that the the pleasure pain thing is very like intricately tied together yeah i mean i don't want to make it sound like um it's not like it's not Clive Barker's Hellraiser. Like we're not on being like suspended from hooks or anything. It's not, and it and also you do eventually start to adapt to it. Yeah, and then and like anything like that, then you need to kind of like seek harder seek your and harder edge, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But the thing is, like I can feel anxious from like the stupidest things. And I can feel anxious for stuff like I want to do, or I can just feel Ooh, ambiently yeah. anxious, right? And what swimming, wild swimming does when it's cold is it lets me choose the circumstances 
under which I'm going to feel stressed. It, lo- it lets me to pick my terms, it lets me choose the battleground, and it lets me choose a thing that, to be honest, like my self-worth does not revolve around my, uh, my ability or willingness or the speed at which I immerse myself in a body of cold water, right? I've not built my identity around that. I didn't grow up going, one day I'm going to be able to, like, go in some cold water. It's not something I've ever really cared about, and it's not something... I mean, admittedly now, there is a little bit of ego around it. Of course there is. Like, that's why I go in. Otherwise, I need a little bit just to... Otherwise, I'd be like, I've turned up. I'm happy. I don't need to prove anything Mm. to myself. I need to prove a little bit to myself. But I get to choose the circumstances of where to feel, when and where to feel anxious. Yeah. With a trigger that feels like a lot of people would feel that way, right? And then I get to go and face it. And I know from experience that facing it is not going to result in anything bad except the, that initial shock. And it's going to, and beyond that, through that frigging wall of fire, is, is like, is paradise, you know? Yeah, it's a sense of peace. So my friend uh, Jenny always says that like you, you never regret a swim. I never ever have that. You never I do. Never have. circumstances where like you're sitting in the car and you'd be lashing it with rain, or you'd be walking, just chucking. You're like, are we really going to do this? And like we've come this far. I preemptively regret it. I definitely like turn up and go, this was a bad idea. Oh, but it never is. Oh, all I mean, I I know I can think of one particular swim with a mutual friend of ours walking along Brighton seafront in November, like absolutely raging wind and I was like why are we doing this and we both just chucked ourselves in and had a had a had a jolly old time of it and we both felt great afterwards but yeah at the time like the preemptive regret was strong but that quickly faded away like once we were in and then yeah. getting barrel rolled and then chucked out again but it's, ama- it's amazing and and I feel like this one at Stooky what it does do is although it doesn't have the pain of um like actual physical cold I think probably even in winter it's still quite mild it's always fairly mild up here just because the water's fairly shallow right yes yeah. I mean, and there's like little sandbars and little yeah. bits where it's kind of like impulse what I would say is it kind of mirrors that through the actual distance you have to walk there's definitely mm. a point during the journey where you were like should we just stop here like I still don't feel like I'm any closer to the sea should we go back uh, and then you and then you have to literally walk you have to wade through a channel and then you emerge and you've been walking through mud. You've been walking through scrub. You've been walking over like shells. You've been trudging and then you move through this channel where you might have to go up to your waist and you emerge on this perfect like like sandbar, the colour of like a rich tea biscuit. Yeah. No footprints on it. Um, sunlight, like... Dappling these sort of like cobalt blue channels filtering into the sea, it's crazy. It does, uh, and I think I love the, the fact that because the weather moves so fast here, because it's always windy, and it's not particularly windy today, but there's enough of a breeze that the cloud cover's changing, so the sunlight move shifts into different directions, and you get like you know you'll have the church lit up one way, then you'll have the you know the spit lit up another way you have the you know the colony of seals lit up. that was that was there was crazy bits of just like sh- pillars of light but illuminating different points you were saying to uh, you made this point and i hadn't actually ever really considered this like considering i've written a book about this maybe i should have that perhaps it isn't just the water and the swim itself that is doing the work of 
you know, lowering your stress levels? Is it, you know, the fact that you're spending time in nature? Is it, How much is that playing into it? You know, like, obviously, like, today's a fairly extreme example. I wouldn't normally spend an hour walking to a swim and then back. Like, generally, I'll go for a swim and it'll be fairly quick to get to the water. But how much of that aspect of being outdoors, as you say, being around birds, being around plant life, which, by the way, around here is absolutely stunning and I filled my shoes with samphire. But, like, but I wish that we had, like, I wish I had a botanist that could take me around because I just don't understand the plants that are around here. And it is just, like, so varied and so stunning. Yeah, and they, cha- so much and they that... change with the season as exactly. well. Exactly. And, like, you're looking at all these different, like, the, the broadleaf woodland that you're going through as well, as opposed to the pines that you get further on the coast at, um, at Holcomb. You know, I have a very basic grasp of that kind of thing. But even that is just lowering my stress levels. So obviously, and it's not like we swam for a particularly long time today either. I'm just intrigued as to how much that plays into the the lowering. Well, the it's interesting because you say like you weren't particularly fussed about those things until you started the swimming. Yeah, no, so I think they're definitely contributory things. And so... What I would say is, I mean, I suppose I've done a little bit of A-B testing on this insofar as uh, I now have the majority of my showers are cold showers. I, I And for over a year I've been doing that. I worked up from having it 10 seconds of cold shower at the end of a shower to now I, I go in. Like last night, I went in three minutes, Whoa. and I st- starts off cold, and I, 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 and it's easier this time of year in the summer where it's baking than yeah. it is, and it's easier in my house where the even the coldest water is relatively warm compared to when I was like in Finland, and I had a cold shower, and I was like, yikes, this is like, ugh, this has come straight from the glacier, but, um, I would say doing that cold shower, you get some of the benefits. Of a wild swim. You get some of that benefit of cold immersion. You get some of the psychological benefit of having to practice. You start running the cold water and then you just find yourself farting about. Like you're standing outside and you're like, I'm not weighing it for it to get warm. Right. Like I know I normally that's how I justify it. You know, you switch the shower and you wait for it to warm up. Right. It's already cold. So you can't go through this routine. Why are you delaying? And... At some point, I realised that the least enjoyable bit of a cold shower, more or less, is the is the delaying part. Yeah. It never gets one centigrade warmer by delaying. So then I just started practising with, like, walking into a cold shower like a psychopath. Like, the way you'd imagine... Like the T one thousand would walk in. You just switch it on, and then you just like Oof. walk in, face first without blinking. And yeah, I know, and it's stupid. But then you go. But it's helped me with procrastination and anxiety around putting stuff off, like putting off writing an email, or filling in an online form, because you're like, uh, if not now, then when? Yeah. Like, and the answer has been, and I know this kind of shades into douche bro. Science. I know this shades shades into. I'm an entrepreneur, and actually, the only thing you need to know in business is how to walk into a cold shower. You don't need to know about doing tax returns or balancing books. It's all about attitude. And if your business fails, that's actually a reflection of your character. Like, no, I understand all that, and I hate all that. And since I started taking cold showers, I then like go on YouTube and put in cold showers, and realize it was just 
entirely douchebags doing it. And I was like, Ugh. but it does give you some of the benefits, but not all. Conversely, like when I'm with my daughter, you know, I've got a two year old and we go in the countryside and we're walking around. I enjoy it. It's really relaxing. We go and walk in sort of Mousehold Heath in Norwich and there's beautiful trees, all mm. different sort of places to explore. But part of me is just like looking around for when a body of water. And if I went past a body of water and I didn't dive in, I'd be fiending for it and I'd miss it. I, 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 I love... I really, really, really like swimming. And I like nature as well. Um probably like in the sort of slightly unlikely scenario that somebody put a gun to my head and said I had to choose one I'd probably choose the cold exposure but I don't have to choose one and so I can I can we can do both and I like both I kind of feel I know what you mean because I kind of feel now like the for me like any experience of the outdoors without even the briefest of swims is just not complete yeah. So like I have this very real thing of like if we go last time I went to the Lake District, um I know, right? And I was like, having a lovely walk with my dad and my uncle and I was actually up there to do a reading last summer. I, uh, I drove brilliant. through the Lake District and I was just like going, I wanna stop the car. All the time. And this was it, like I, I my dad and my uncle didn't realise I was gonna do this. Like we went for a walk um just before I did a reading at a brilliant bookshop called Sam Reed in Grasmere and um I just stripped off. I was like, bollocks this, I've got to get in. Like, I'm not going past this tarn that has like a shelving beach into it with a stunning view. And I, the last time I'd gone to that tarn, it had an inch of ice over it. So I'm oh. not, I am not Jessica J. Lee of turning fame. I've not got my hammer with me to smash through the ice. I'm not quite that hardy, but I was like, I promised myself I'd come back and swim in it. And it was absolutely stunning. And I kind of feel like that, it always it completes a... A walk, I, I don't always carry my, like, you know, I try to make sure I've got kit with me. But even if you haven't, it's fine. You can just go in bollock naked. No one cares. How did you dry off afterwards? Oh, I did. I did have a towel that day. <laughs> why, why are you taking a towel but not trunks? No, I had a towel in the trunks, but you can go without. It's not a problem. Oh, so you, wait, so you had trunks and you just, I just went I, in I bollock naked. I think I went in anyway. my pants. There were people around. <laughs> you can go on saying is I've talked myself into a hole here. What I'm saying is you can go in without, and I don't think people really mind. I do know of a guy who swims at Bright for the Brighton Sea Swimming Club who goes in, uh, walks down to the water with his shorts and takes them off, gets in. But um, he was a friend of uh, mine was saying that he'd swum to one of the boys, swum back, but like swimming back, it was against the current and it took him ages, and he obviously couldn't then just get out and walk along the beach. <laughs> all, all he had on were his neoprene shoes and his swimming hat. So, uh, I mean, it's a sight for sore eyes if you're not on the naturist beach, I suppose. But um, I want to talk to you about Finland. So your wife is half Finnish, am I right in thinking Yes. So you go to Finland every year, right? Yeah, we have been, yeah. And you go swimming there when you go there, right? Yeah. And how much is it ingrained in the culture? Because I'm I'm very keen to... It was supposed to be something I'd do this year and it didn't happen. It's to do more Scandi swimming. I mean, I mean, so here's the thing, right? What you've got to remember is there's lots of things that are supposedly ingrained in different culture, like football's supposedly ingrained in British culture, but there's plenty of places you could go and start talking about uh, the Premier League and just get, like, sad blank 
faces because the people there don't follow football or they're rugby yeah. people or whatever, right? So it is ingrained in the culture, but it's ingrained in the culture of some people and some people don't give uh-huh. a monkeys, right? So what I would say is, like, very often I would go there and, I, you know, I'll be, I'll be going, oh, I'm just looking for somewhere to swim and everyone else is not that bothered. Um, but also it's because, like, for them... It's always available, whereas me, I'm like fiending for it. Yeah. And so we visited somebody who lived in a, had a finished summer house. We visited them at their summer house. It was absolutely insane. I've never seen anything like it in my life. People were going to me. Was it like the Moomins? I was just like, it was so like the Moomins, you would think you were having a psychotic episode. <laughs> you think you're sat at home and you believe that you're like a member of, you're, you believe that you're a member of Moomin Papa and you're, you've, you've actually had a breakdown. It's like that so, like technicolor wildflower meadows yeah. pine trees and then you follow it down there's like a little summer house like a like a little sort of um gazebo yeah and then a platform going down into this into this huge lake, yeah. flat lake with trees uh sort of everywhere you look and wild blueberries that you can yeah. pick and eat it was nuts like i cannot emphasize and yeah if you like read like the works of like tove jansen and you like actually i've been watching the moomins with my daughter there's actually like, loads of bits that are really dark and that my daughter finds very scary that i wasn't expecting i was expecting it to all be twee and yeah. then like suddenly they'll be like holed up in their house doing an armed siege and like Moomin Papa will get tooled up and like like have a gun and someone will be being held at knife point and you're like what the hell is this about and I think for all the kind of like Finland in midsummer is very different to like Finland in February and there are times that that same lake will be like iced over yeah my only experience of it was uh in September I was was at Lake Inari which was like right way above the Arctic Circle and I stuck my hand and I didn't swim and I just remember like Jesus Christ, that is extremely cold. Yeah, I mean, and there's, you've got, I mean, there, and and like maybe over that ice, a bear that's been disturbed from its hibernation is coming from like the yeah. north looking for food. Like, it. so there's all sorts of ways in which Finland is kind of like shifts between being this kind of like idyllic, unspoilt wilderness where mm. there's trees everywhere it's just incredible and it being this terrifying sort of pre pre-human place that feels very old and, and very scary and if you you only have to move a little bit away from civilization and in summer you move a little bit away from civilization, and it's like you're in heaven. And in winter, it, that's like you're dead. So, so we're not going to go and drill holes. But there I'm is. I'm well up for it. I'm. Do uh, you know what? I would be so up for. I've got family who've got a little a place, sort of like not in the north, north, but a little bit mm. north of Helsinki, where they've got like a lake, and they definitely in winter cut a hole in the ice and go plunging in that water i don't know what the life expectancy of a human is immersed in that kind of level of water i imagine it is sub 10 minutes no 10 minutes maybe 10 minutes i wouldn't i wouldn't be at a last one 
I'll do one or two. I mean, even in like January. Yeah, but you wouldn't die. You'd be having no, a horrible no, 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 time. No, but... you'd, you'd get in. And I, I wanted to, because I know that we've been talking about going to Slovenia for the Winter Swimming Festival next February at Lake Bled. Yeah. And like, they, one of the events there is to swim a mile. Yeah, but yeah, but you've got to, what you've got to understand is then they're they're moving in the water. Oh no, so I know that. But like, I, than... Oh, I I totally appreciate that that's better than the plunge. But I like how people swim, like ice swimming for that long. I don't know. I mean, I find that I, I say that as like an incredibly skinny guy with like no fat on my body. Like I cannot like like when I get in in January, I last like three or four minutes and I'm done. And I'm like more power to people who can do that because I I find that hugely impressive. Well, yeah. So what I would say is like firstly. If you are swimming, um, uh, if you're ice swimming a mile, presumably you're like your front crawl's pretty good, and you are going to be keeping that up. Like you're not going to be slowing. Oh down. no, you don't stop. Need but it's like having your face in the water. You know what I mean? Like that. Oh that, yeah, that, like you know, it's very painful, your, isn't it? Yeah. Like you get tension, you get headaches in the. No, I know from like doing deep sea swimming, uh, early in the year that like I you can't, it's hard to put your head under. I don't put my head under from like December until maybe April. Like I just don't, I just don't even bother. So what my, my, my suggestion is, and I'd actually just love to speak to some of these folks and, and see what they do. But mm. I imagine one, you've got slow acclimatization yeah. where you're doing cold exposure every day. Do, I mean, like, do you swim in the sea every day? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm surprised that I, I think you might find it easier than you expect, right? Yeah, I mean, I do in the winter. I did last year, like, without a wetsuit, pretty much, like, every day. The only days I wouldn't get in the sea was when it was really windy, so it was dangerous. So all in. those little capillaries around the, you're sort of, like, uh, uh, around the edges of your skin, they're going to get more efficient pumping blood yeah they're gonna get more efficient at like going and sucking it all into your core because you know what the problem is not when you're in that water no it's when you it, get out it's when you get out and your body goes cool we're fine now and yeah, then and you're not so you need to yeah you don't get in the shower straight away you don't get in the hot shower oh and my gosh get hypothermia yeah, like that i've seen I mean, i've seen footage of people doing that oh. and it was like the dumbest stuff oh, and god they, it, you've got to suddenly shivering and I've had it, my you know. I've had it myself. Yeah, I've, I've got out of I've got out of a really cold swim. Got in the car, banged the heaters on, and then suddenly you don't even you start shivering a bit, and then you just feel like slightly delirious. Yeah, well, that's the start of hypothermia. It's happened to me once, and it was pretty scary. I think it's like knowing those. I'm fascinated as to where you know those limits and like the safety aspects of it. But I do think that it's something I want to push a little bit more. This year, I like the idea of going to Slovenia and meeting these folks in February. So, if anyone's listening and knows how that can happen for me and Tim, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna definitely drop them a line. I reckon. Look, I'm not gonna go. I'm not. Well, I'm not saying untrained. I'm going to <laughs> swim a mile. Like I can't, couldn't swim. I, you know, I probably struggle with swimming a mile in like a public, a public, yeah. a municipal swimming bars. So, it's, it's not that. What I would say is like there's a point after which um, the 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 cold you 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 reach a kind of you homeostasis. Yeah. You're you're it's not hitting your core anymore. It's just cooling down. It's it's reached your outside has got as cold as it get can get, and then you just keep moving. And then when you get out, you just have a hot drink and, and take layer some, up. Yeah, and layer up and don't get into a hot shower. Yeah, and that's, yeah, I mean, that's my thing now is like layering up and then just sitting there at home or walking around at home with a cup of tea. Oh, well, Tim, I'm delighted. That was A, an amazing swim, 
and be a brilliant chat. I just watched the Red Admiral land. I know, isn't, isn't it there. Cool? Look it's at so that. stunning. Oh, it's gorgeous. Well, thank you so much, mate. That was so, so enlightening. And uh, wow, what a dip. Yeah, cheers, Joe. Enjoyed it. That was such an enlightening chat with Tim. Tim is one of the most intelligent and erudite and smart guys um, I've ever met. And the way he talks about mental health is just so fascinating. And the way he talks about wild swimming really, really resonates with me. Um, I hadn't actually realised that the two of us had started swimming together at the same time and that I had sort of introduced him to it until we got onto that during our chat. Um, I really hope you can join me again for another chat with another wild swimmer. There'll be more episodes coming over the summer. But until then, thanks very much for listening.